How you doing, friend? I'm good, friend. How's it going? It's going great. You are rocking iOS 8, aren't you? I am. I've, I have unleashed the beta onto oh. my phone, my primary carry device. Um, I Ooh. attempted to do this on beta 3. This was a poor choice. <laughs> I had to restore. Uh, but beta 4 is pretty solid. The bugs are minimal. There's occasional app crashing. There's occasional um, weird audio playback issues. But other than that, it's been pretty solid. So, yeah, it's it's been totally a workable uh, a workable beta for me so far, mm. and the apps that I use. So how long how long have you been on it? Yeah, I think it's somewhere between two weeks. I, I I got it when it came out, so I think that was oh. two or three weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. So what um, now? Can you can you talk about iOS eight like legally speaking? Yeah, there are um, these developer features are all public at this point, um, yeah. and uh, I'm not I'm not breaking any any NDAs talking about it. They've also said that de- you know people who are developers are talking about development, talking about stuff like that. Um, it's all covered and everything's cool. If there was some sort of hint of a um, hint of a feature that was unannounced, I would not I would probably be under NDA to not talk about that. Um, but I. Uh, I've not been delving into it from that. I've just sort of been testing other apps and just trying to do the daily workflow. So it's mm. all pretty standard stuff. Nothing crazy. Nice. So yeah, man, what do you think? Like what's the what's the four one one? Have me never say four one one again, by the way. Remind me. I'll make a note of it. Um no, the uh the 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 biggest change that's coming to this is extensions and it's the ability for apps to communicate with other apps. Um that is actually a complex thing, and a lot of a lot of third party apps are waiting on that until um, until it is actually widely released. They don't want to sort of release something just for the betas. They want to roll out these more big features once people can actually download them and use them, which is good. Um, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be burning cycles on chasing bugs in betas. Uh, you know, they should be they should be waiting until it gets a little bit further before they actually put something out, uh, and. So that stuff is not there at all. Uh, handoff stuff is only very rudimentary, rudimentarily available, but there is some cool stuff for, that I've started to see with, um, with Yosemite. Um, I'm not using Yosemite as my daily driver. There are, there are too many bugs on that for me to do production work, um, but I still have messed around and it's gotten a sense of how things look and I have some insights about that. I still hate the finder icon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, so handoff, there's some, what, what is, what's working right now? Like, what have you been able to do with it? So something will come up is, uh, or that I think one of them, well, you're either your computer or your phone receives the iMessage first and sort of to the left of the finder, you'll see this little thing where a messages icon will pop up to the left as it's loading Mm -hmm. information to your computer. And then it drops down once your messages is updated. So it's sort of an indication that something's being handed off from your phone to your computer. Um, and that's that's just a pretty simple one. That's just sort of messages updating and making sure you got a message that was uh, caught by your phone and not by your computer. But Notes kind of is going to be working in the same way, where there's that kind of handoff thing, so there's a continuous experience. Uh, as far as I know, Safari doesn't quite do that yet, but I'm sure it will very soon. 
And uh, so anyway, the, the integration between the two is not fully fleshed out. Um, that's really just rudimentary stuff. Have you been able to hand anything off other than, like you said, the messages maybe? Messages and notes. Yeah. Other than that, no. It's, oh, so been... notes. So you can start typing a note on your phone and then pick it up on the computer? Right. And that's not really new functionality. It's just sort of the way that we're thinking about it has changed because it's always synced over iCloud. And you've oh, been able yeah. to pick up a note, but it's like oh, there's an right. indication that it's being transferred that's given to you, right? So this little thing pops up and lets you know something's happening or something's been transferred. I don't know if they're thinking of it more as like a, a notification that something's happening or if it's there to like click on and then to open up notes and see what you were doing. It goes by very quickly. And I don't know if that's intentional or if that's unintentional and they're going to make it hang around longer so that... Oh, you mean the notification is very quick. Yeah, that little notification. And it's kind of great. It's just like another mini dock with one app in it that pops up to the left of your dock. It's uh, it's very interesting. Pops up to the left of the dock. Yeah. So you have your, you have your dock, right? And you have... Yeah, which my dock, my dock is horizontal. Right. And so, and so is mine. Um, okay. People are going to yell at me, but I don't care. Um, I've tried the, I've tried the sideways thing, but I just, I just can't get into it. I, I have like a bank of tools in Adobe, you know what I mean? On the left. Oh, and they're all on the Panels side. on the yeah. right. Yeah. I just, when, when, when that's your basic setup, it's easier to just leave it on the bottom, even though I know it's a less efficient usage of space. Back off internet. All right. So doc stuff. Woo. Um, so yeah, basically imagine there's another doc that pops up to the left, totally separate. There's a gap and it just has a messages icon in it. So that's how notification handoff is being shown to you at this moment. Right. Um, it's also, as far as Yosemite, all I would say is that I'm pretty convinced that there's going to be some sort of retina screen coming because I've seen what this thing looks like on not a retina screen. <laughs> Yosemite does not look great on like an old 23-inch Mac screen or I would imagine an iMac screen or I would imagine even... Wh- you know, even oh, you even a 30-inch screen. Oh, you mean an external retina display? Yeah, definitely. Okay, because, of course, these... Like, I have a MacBook Pro that has a retina display. It looks gorgeous on that. The MacBook Airs do not have retina displays at this moment. And so, that's it, right? That covers... Oh, and the iMacs have retinas, right? No, the iMacs don't. iMacs don't. They haven't really? released... Yeah, they haven't released a retina panel. So, man, let me put it this way: you can make it, you can make it look uh, like okay, but you really have to put it way the way the heck away from your face. Like you, you gotta set that thing back like a solid foot, and then you have to not be one of those like lean forward types. Um, the pixels are pretty visible, and it's it's more noticeable and more distracting when everything's that clean and clear and sleek than when there's a lot more chrome and shadows and other things. Um, I think it's mm. how iOS, what was it, iOS 3 or 4, there were certain things that looked okay on lower res screens, but once the iPhone 4 came out, it was like, ooh, we got we to gotta change this. I guess it was the change from 4 to 5. There was a lot of more high-resolution textures and other things that, that made a big difference. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's, so that's my, my, my prediction is that yeah. they, got more, they got retina screens coming. So what what else? Um, well, let's jump back to iOS eight because I'm I got more yeah. than, way more yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. there. Um, so so much great effort has happened on the uh, iMessages app. 
Oh. Messages. Messages. Glory. Yeah, it's really great. There's this whole predictive text thing. I think this has been around in other platforms for a little while, but... It's the kind of thing where you start typing. T nine. Yeah, it's it's you start typing right, mm-hmm. and it, so it gives you three options above to click on, as to what you what it, it might mean, and uh, sometimes it gets it, sometimes it it's off. A lot of times, even without um, even without starting to type, it might guess the next word of your sentence. So if you type "I may be," uh, and then it'll give you a couple options: disappointed, uh, on time, late. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so that is really cool. And then on top of that, there's this great thing where if you there's a microphone to the right of the text bubble and you just hold it and it starts doing an audio recording. And so you can make like a fart noise, you can make a cheer, you can make a little message to somebody, you can make a whatever. And it's amazing. And you just, you hold it, give your recording and then whoop, swipe up and it just sends a little audio message. It's great. And if Mm. you actually said something silly or if somebody, um, you know, farted in the background or whatever, you just swipe to the left, it deletes it, gone. Never, never to be heard of again. Um, Uh And does this play, this plays within the, the messages message app or it shows up on your, on the, the uh, lock screen of your phone and you, can you let, can you listen to it from the lock screen? You probably need to oh, unlock know. your phone. Probably. Cause probably because I could think be for, se- for security, yeah. for security reasons. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Has, have you tested out the, this is like one of these crazy features. Um, I mean, it's, it's sort of seems almost anachronistic to use voicemail anymore, but. Oh, Totally. Um, I get voicemail messages and that the voicemail app, whatever it is, like that thing that's built into iOS seven is so terrible, (laughs) whatever it is that plays it back because you can't even leave that screen. Visual voicemail appears to currently be unchanged, but I don't know. You know, again, it's a beta. They could change things. This is the thing, right? If you're listening, if there's a message and you're starting, you play it back and then you try to go and do something else on your phone, it'll just stop playing them. It'll just stop playing the, uh, the message, which I think is super annoying. Still start, totally kills it. Yeah. Yeah. That's dumb. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's so funny because it's like the development on that just totally stopped or whatever it is that lets, you know, cause obviously you can play whenever they said that, Oh, you can play Spotify or Pandora or whatever in the background, whenever they let all that stuff happen, they still, the visual voicemail still doesn't do that. It's, it's like, it's like, it's from another era. Yeah, I think it is. And I think I think it's actually justified in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I've been using voicemail, the voicemail app, less and less. I'm less and less interested in even checking it. I find that if somebody has something important to tell me, they'll text it to me. They call me, they can't get me, and they'll text it to me. I think, I think we're actually starting to change how we use uh, voicemail. And I think we're more likely to, I'm more likely to text to make sure someone gets something than I am to leave a voicemail. Yeah. But what's kind of cool about this is that now it, I can still be like, hey, Allie, um, I needed this change made to this file. Do you know whether or not that happened? Uh, let me know. Thanks. And I can just send it off. And I know it's into the text message thread. Um, 
technically you could put on read receipts to know if somebody got a chance to listen to it. Um, but nobody does that. Cause I mean, come on. Um, but, um, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's part of like my communication workflow in a way that makes way more mm. sense to me than voicemails ever have. Because it's in the context of a text message thread, it's shorter. It doesn't have the whole rigmarole associated with voicemail. Yeah. And I don't have, and it's like, it is a one way communication voice and I can leave it on somebody's phone regardless of whether or not they're there. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes I may want to leave a recording or an audio message, but the problem is, is that if I call up and they answer the phone, I talk to them and they don't have a record of it. So if I wanted to say something, you know, on the record, let's say like this file is approved. Thanks. And I don't want to type it out. I want to write it. I want to like say it and then have it so they can reference it. Maybe, maybe I have detailed notes, right? Maybe I have detailed instructions I want to give somebody. Now I can do that in a recording really quickly rather than typing down detailed notes. I send it off. They can listen back to it. They can hear it again. Um, and they don't have to, I don't have to, they don't pick up and go, oh, would you mind just not picking up? I'm going to call you back and leave you a voicemail that tells you how to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Can you scrub through um, the message? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you can, if someone's like, oh, and my number is blah, 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 blah. You can just go back and catch it without having to like listen to the whole message again. And Although whole, theoretically, if it's a text message, right? Like you have their Yeah, number. they wouldn't do that. Yeah but, yeah. but maybe, or I mean, just as an example of what, yeah, no, you're, you're totally the, right a, the address is, you know, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's, mm. that's pretty neat. Um, Interesting. And Apple has this great uh, app called Tips, right? So they've done this cool thing where they try to tell you what's new. And I actually think this is a brilliant stroke. Um, what are you What are you talking about? I've never heard of this. Yeah, so this is. I think this is for like when you upgrade. I think it's going to have this this tips app. And what happens is it tells you, "Hey, did you know you can do this now?" Like, and it'll, and it'll explain to you. Here's how you leave a voice message. Uh, you know, on on uh, on messages or this one. Hey, now you can do a timer on your camera so that you can be in the shot. You know what I mean? It's, it's a simple tip, but it's something that people would know and it may have a hard time discovering. Things are getting a little yeah. bit more complex. They make sure that you know that you can do it through this little tips app. It's kind of nice. How do you think Apple expects people to use this tips app? You know how when you get a new piece of software yeah, and they kind of give you little tips and they're like, hey, did you know you could do this, this, or this? A lot of people are going to blow by it, right? A lot of people are just going to be like, oh, whatever, I don't care. Let me just use my phone. But people who are kind of like, okay, I updated. Well, what's different? It looks the same. What can I do? And they're a little curious and they actually want to know about new features. They'll check through and they'll actually see, oh, I can do this with text messages? That's so cool. And as that becomes more of a thing, I think it'll be like, how do I even, how did you even know how to do that? It's like, oh, there's a tips app. Go check the tips app and it'll tell you how to use your phone better. Well, that that's how I thought about it too, was sort of in the computer context. Yeah. Um, do you think it's one of these things when you start up, when you upgrade to OS 8, iOS 8 for the first time, that app will be there and it will start giving you little tips and then you'll say, okay, just go away. And they're like, all right, well, it lives here on your phone. Oh, I'm not sure it will. It, it doesn't seem too Apple-y to like force you through a little setup wizard. I mean, like, you know, you have your initial one. It might, I'm imagining there's like a screen in your setup wizard that says, if you want to know more about using your, you know, using iOS 8, click on this app. 
Hmm. You know what I mean? I think they may have a screen like that at the end, but I don't think they're going to auto start the tips app, for example. That doesn't yeah. seem like very much them. Do you think this is an acknowledgement that things have gotten too complex or the discoverability of certain features are low or there needs to be a place maybe other than just some random website where you can search for iOS related features and functionality. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's a mix of things are getting more complex. Their audience is huge. Um, the features are tweaks. They are limited, just like they're limited in what can be discovered. I think they realize also that they may need to be a little bit more explicit about things when they did the iOS 7 update. The good thing that they had for iOS 7 was that everything looked different, so people actually started playing around and seeing how things worked again, so they were a little bit more likely to poke in prod. I think Apple knows that if they don't call some things out, they're not going to get used, and no one's going to even know that they have these features. Um, and some of them are really cool. There's a couple things like that, actually. So the notifications bar on the top looks just like it did. But now, you, you know how there's that little grabber? There's that little grabber uh, rectangle at the bottom of a notification that comes down from the top? Yeah. Okay, so no, before, that was just kind of like a thing that you'd flick upwards and be like, all right, get out of here. And oh, you'd right. know that the notification would go away. Now, if you flick it down, if let's say it's an iMessage, that thing opens up as a text box and you can just respond in line, right? So visually, nothing's changed. The only reason why you know something's different is because someone's told you specifically in this app. You know. I see. So there are things like that that are, that are important. I, I, in some ways, I actually kind of feel like they might, they might benefit from actually making that into a, downwards, a small downwards arrow. Uh, that actually might be a better visual indicator for, for the public. Yeah. I'm so conflicted. I, I'm I feel a little conflicted about this. I mean it's not that big of a of a topic. Um, but on one hand, I always sort of saw it as maybe Apple saw it as a sign of pride that they're really you didn't have to go through all these manuals and it wasn't like it should be easy enough that people could just use it. But on the other hand, there is a real need to educate people and all the time there's features that, that people don't know exist. Um, the discoverability is low. People don't know that you can push the plus um, volume button and it takes a photo. Right. And people don't know that if you, you can take a screenshot by, by holding down the top button and the, the home button. Um, and... You know, so I, I feel like it's helpful and ultimately, I mean, if it's not intrusive, it'll just help help everyone um, get onto the same level because yeah. it's been such a, it's been such a very manual, someone will do something cool on their phone. You'll be like, oh, like, how did you do that? And then you'll learn. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like some, some of these, some of these little things are big and Part of the whole thing with iOS 7 was that we're moving a little bit away from making everything that is a button look like a button. It's a little bit of the acknowledgement that, hey, we, we know how to use smartphones now. We know that clicking on glass works and how they, and how they function. This is no longer a total surprise. So we're, we're elevating the design language. We're sort of making things less sort of like, touch, click here in order to do something. Right. So that's, that, I think, in design-wise, is a win. 
but do you do have things become a little bit less discoverable? And you can take this way too far, right? Like Windows 8 has this problem with, uh, or had this problem where they didn't have the start menu. You were supposed to swipe in from the side in order to get you know, bring up this menu. And that proved to be disastrous. It was not discoverable enough, and it was so integral to the functioning of Windows 8 that people couldn't do anything. It was just a blank desktop. <laughs> um, so that that's right. when discoverability is so is, is so important and so like occluded that you you cripple yourself. On these, I think it's sort of like these are tweaks, these are changes, they're things that um they're things that are not vital to getting around the phone. Like I don't think they've lost that. When you sort of go to your home screen, you have the phone icon, the Safari, you have your mail, you have your music, right? Those are four down there. You have weather, you have maps, you have this, you have that. All those things are pretty are pretty obvious. And it's easy to get into those things and make sure that you can actually do the basics of, of working them. What these things are is that I think the, 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 the OS is starting to grow up. It's starting to deliver more complex and more nuanced things. I think that the market and the public are starting to demand that because you know, we're, we're getting more comfortable with these devices. We're getting used to them and we're, we're sort of hoping for a little bit more. You know, we've, we've, We've been asking, God, how do I get off this group text message? How do I make that thing quiet? Yeah. Right? Like, this is a problem that didn't used to be there because group messages, group messages didn't even used to be a thing that you could do. So you're starting to have solutions to problems that didn't used to exist. And so things are sort of building on themselves mm. and getting more complex. Um, yeah, I, you know, it is tough, but I, I think that Apple on this round hasn't gone so far that you don't know what the heck's going on. It looks very similar to iOS 7, and it's just a couple cool tweaks. Um, as far as discoverability, like, I never would have got that thing with the messages and the voice messages. Like, that's kind of a pain in the butt. But I think for things like that that are super cool, you're going to see people do them. You know what I mean? Like, that's one that's going to spread like wildfire because you're going to be like, how did you do that? And then they'll tell you, oh, yeah, you just click on this thing and swipe up to send it. You know what I mean? Like those ones that are big enough jumps are going to get taught between people. Um, And so that one I'm not as worried about as I am, say, the pull down on a message so that you can actually answer back. That I think should be a little bit more obvious so that mom can, can answer a message when she's looking through Instagram rather than having to go all the way back to the messages app. Um, there needs, I, I agree though, and you're right that usability and design are some, sometimes can be, you know, they can be in conflict. Yeah. What, um, so what other features have you played with and really liked? Let's see here. Um, there is the thing where you can plug in Siri and say, hey Siri, and it'll start to listen to you and do things. Right. That's pretty cool. It only listens for it when it's plugged in. And if you put on a specific setting that says, uh, what is it? You have to turn on, you have to turn on something called voice activation. Right now it is an opt in. It is not a default, which I think is, which is a good move for Apple specifically. Right. Yeah. Because people (laughs) are going to have their phone plugged in. Can you imagine if, you just you don't know about this feature and you download you upgrade to iOS 8 and you just have your phone charging like by your bed stand or whatever and you start talking 
and Siri starts doing things. You have to say, hey, Siri. Right. But you can be like, hey, Shelly. <laughs> hey, hey, Shelly. Shelly, Shelly, <laughs> Maybe you have a speech impediment, Dave. You ever think of that? And then, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it goes, beep, beep. And it's like, it's like, shit. It's like, beloved human, I can't open up a can of whoop-ass. And you're like, what are you, how are you listening <laughs> to me? What's happening? Um, yeah. That would be really good, I guess, in the car in particular. Yes. Yes, but it is. Again, you have to be you'd have to be plugged in. You're just plugged into a power source though. Yeah. And and in cars, that's actually frequently the case. You know, if you're using this thing as yeah. a as a GPS and stuff, that's the case. So that is gonna that is gonna run down your battery in a hurry. Right, right, exactly. So instead you need to it, they they make it plugged in. It's also just sort of a thing where it's that it's not just listening in your pocket, weirdly. Oh yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like it's engineered so that it's not the kind of thing that's just gonna get done mistakenly when you're on the go. It's like it's in a cradled position, it's plugged in, it's charging, you're not wasting battery. So it, it seems relatively, relatively good to me. What what else? All right, I got some other ones that are pretty cool. Uh, the mess the mail app has gotten a lot better. You can just sort of swipe left and right and get options like flag, mark as spam, trash, oh, yeah, archive, yeah, delete. That sort of thing has always bugged me. The limitedness of what you know you're trying to flag a message and you like you realize you can't or I can never I can never remember what I can and can't do with the mail program. So that's good. Yeah. So, ba- yeah, so now this is kind of nice. Like I swipe to the left, right? And it says, I should also talking to the mic. It says flag, trash, or more. And for more, you have mark as read, move to junk, move message, notify me, right? Here's another kind of cool one. If you click notify me, when somebody responds to this message, you'll get a specific notification being like, ding, ding, you, you got an email reply to this important email. You know, sort of, oh, nice. sort of making that thing a higher notification or a more important notification than just being like, "Oh, you got seven email messages since you last checked your phone." So this right. one's like, "Oh no, you actually got this important message uh, done," which is kind of cool. Uh, let's see here. If you swipe to the left, it says "Mark is red." So that's kind of cool. You know, you can just you can if you just do one quick swipe, it marks it as red. If you do like a more slow one, it lets you know what that option is. Very nice. Um, oh, so you can read, you can, and I'm putting read in air quotes, you can read messages without actually having to read them. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to click them to through load. or pretend, you know, okay. you can just, that's really you good. Can just yeah. Red, 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 you know, it red, makes, red, 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 done. Red, red, red. And it's much easier to use. Um, big changes and much better looking uh, control center. That is the, also the new feature I want to talk to you about. It's much easier to tell what's what. Um, and I've been digging it. Control center is that thing where you swipe, you swipe up from the bottom. Right. And I'm just that, uh, like toolbar where you can, you can, uh, put in airplane mode or whatever. Oh, you're in airplane mode right now. I am indeed. That's airplane mode, Wi-Fi. It looks exactly like mine. What's the, what's the difference? You see how it's like how things that are buttons are more obviously buttons. Do you see how like the sliders uh-huh. are sort of in their own like field of color? Oh, I do. It's very subtle. The difference is very subtle. It's very subtle, but uh, it's immediate. It's much more obvious. Yes. Okay. So do you see how yours are done with, with lines, uh, with like hard yeah. lines on the outside and this one is done oh, with just a I band of, of gray? This is a design thing you're talking about. Just a design about, change. Functionality. Yeah. Not functionality, just design changes. And you'll notice that uh, activated buttons are no longer just white outlines and white icons. 
it is filled white circles and they're much more, um, they're much more uh, obviously on versus their counterparts. Whereas before, if you had two or three on or off, you would look at it and be like, I don't know which one's on, which one's off, <laughs> you know? Is your flashlight on right now? Oh, I turned it on also to, to say that it goes oh. to the bottom too. Oh, okay. So we can't, custom, we can't customize control center yet or, or what that points to. Like I would love to be able to turn the, uh, the calculator app into, uh, you know, um, Numericale or Fantastical, not Fantastical, sorry, uh, Solver, something like that. Right now we can't change what those things point to, but, you know, baby steps, it's all good. Um, yeah. And then lastly, it's like the share sheets. You know, already you can sort of send things to way more programs than you could before. Um, so when you're in Safari, you're like, oh, I want to send this link to reading list <laughs> or or some, or your know, mail used to be the only other things. All right. Well, now you can send it to pocket. You can send it to anything that can parse a, a URL and they want to throw their name and, you know, their hat in the ring. Um, so it's, it's, it's way better. You're starting to already see some of that inter app, uh, uh, communication stuff surface, even at this early level. And I mean, that's sort of the extent of like the big things. Uh, family sharing is something that is working, but my wife is not on the beta because she doesn't do anything relating to development. So, you know, she, I, can't, I can't start working on that with her. Yeah, family sharing lets you share apps within a family who everybody's on the same credit card. Yep. So it's right. apps, it's... Uh, I had read that developers needed to opt into that. I think you're right, actually. So... I think music, I think music's automatic. So music and movies might be automatic and not something that you need to opt into. Oh, that it sort of makes sense because you used to be able to have your music. I mean, you can still have it go to like five five different devices or something. Right. So so I think I think that's also the limit of the family sharing plan is five people all under the same right, credit but, card. Right. But I'm sure it violated whatever agreements they had with the developers previously. They never right. had an agreement that you could share the app. So you have to opt in. Otherwise, um, everyone would be suing Apple. Well, some people would be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, some people would definitely be making a, a show of it. You like it so far? Yeah, that's that's the big stuff so far. It's pretty nice. Oh, I forgot one really important thing. Yeah? Siri, finally, in if you do like dictation in a field, it does it as you're speaking, and it gives you that feedback rather oh. than just waiting till you're done making a big sentence. And again, you know, sometimes talking to Siri, I mean, it would be great, but you're not looking at your phone, whatever. But when you're typing in a notes field, I want to make sure it's actually getting what I said because I'm going to say a lot of stuff. So it's nice to have it go along with what you're saying and parse out stuff. And you'll see it like guess a word, but then as you continue to talk, it'll get the context right and then change what one of the words were back there. Oh, really? That's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah, so that's a million times better. One of the things that bugs me is... The fact that if you if you hold down the button, it'll just engage Siri, and it's very easy to do that accidentally. <laughs> you mean like when you hold like it down in and just concerts keep or it down? in conference rooms? Well, in your pocket, I mean, it might push, or and then even worse is when it's like Siri not available, and you're like, "Come on, we're trying to trying to watch a watch a movie here or something," you know? <laughs> and it just screams at you that it's not available. <laughs> yeah. That's really annoying. Cool. So you like it? It's been like relatively good for you so far. 
Yeah. And actually the battery life isn't terrible either. That's good. It's kind of amazing actually uh, on a beta. Normally on a beta, I just kind of... Yeah, the performance is poor. Yeah. Normally you're just like, it's just going to take a hit and it's going to be bad. But it's been it's been good. Um, only I've only ha- I've had some crashing with older apps. Otherwise, things have been pretty rock solid. Are they? Is Apple telling developers that they need to rewrite their apps for the new OS, or is there anything people have to do to get the apps ready, or is it just one of these things that it's just a beta and it's a little buggy and things aren't running perfectly? Mm, I think it's it's more of that. I think old apps are still going to run fine. Um, but you know, it's like you know, you, you got the carrot and you got the stick, right? The carrot here is pretty huge. The carrot here is that inter-app communication and actually, you know, making it so that without even having to go to your app, people are still able to utilize it uh, in other places. Whether that's putting filters, you know, into Instagram, whether that's um, being able to pull photos from a, a photo app or something crazy like that into your messages, etc. Um, that stuff is so good. I think a lot of developers are going to put the time and the effort into doing things in iOS 8. Um, but it's not like, you know, they've released a new programming language. It's not as if you have to work in that programming language exclusively uh, in order to uh, ship this app. It'll still function with uh, iOS 7 apps and even some, probably some iOS 6 stuff will actually still function. Um, so cool. yeah, man, it's looking good. And again, the, the coolest stuff that's coming is not here yet because the third party people haven't haven't actually released their changes. So that's when it's going to go nuts. So uh so yeah, be psyched and I'm pretty encouraged by how like stable it is already. Um you know, it's like the 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 iOS 7 beta and even the f- <laughs> the first round of iOS 7 was pretty rough. Like there were problems. There was lots of crashes, lots of bugs. Already this feels better than, you know, the first actual release of iOS 7 and it's in, you know, beta four. So that's cool. Cool, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So what else, what else did you want to chat about? We could talk about Facebook. Cause I just read mm-hmm. a thing saying that, you know, I I'm interested if you use it anymore because I'm, I read a thing that said that one out of every six minutes that Americans, Americans spent online was on Facebook. And one out of, one out of every five minutes on mobile phones apparently is on Facebook. And I hardly, I mean, I rarely on Facebook at all. Dude, I've almost completely abandoned my account. It is there to sort of prove to people that, you know, I exist, I guess. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, I I do not use it. Apparently a lot of people do. Um, So how much, I mean, I'm probably on Facebook. Maybe I go on like once a week for maybe five or 10 minutes. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot (laughs) to me. Once a week for five minutes. No, I know. I I, I mean, I, I I don't, I go on there once every few months and that's just to take care of something specifically that I can only do on Facebook. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think most of my socializing is done with my friends if, you know, uh, in person or via messages directly. I sort of, you know, Facebook, Facebook's really there only if I don't really know you, if you're, or if you're in my family or I don't know, sometimes Mm -hmm. to, to hear about some event. Um, And I don't really check it. So, so Jenna will let me know if something's going on. I'll, I've started actually using Instagram finally 
which is also another Facebook oh, related service. But I want, yeah. Do you do you like it? Yeah, I do. I I picked it up first as a service that I was using to sort of just track what Adidas was doing creatively and what Nike was doing creatively. So I signed up uh. for like 20 accounts, all just Adidas, Nike, Under Armour, stuff like that. That was just like, uh, you know, Adidas skating, Nike 6.0, um, Adidas basketball, like Nike basketball, blah, blah, blah. And it was just this avalanche of industry bullshit. And I, I just hated it. There was no reason to check it. I mm-hmm. totally was just like, I hate Instagram. This sucks. I'm never using it again. Meh, meh, meh. Then what I started doing was I, I tried it again and I wiped everything out and I just started following a couple people that I like. And so then all of a sudden it started to be way more interesting to me. You know what I mean? It's just like getting a sense for what some people are posting on their weekends and stuff. It's kind of cute. You got a little extra something to talk about on Monday. Um, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes people go to pretty crazy places Sometimes people have something you know funny to show or something like that, but it's it's if you keep it well curated, like how I like to use Twitter, it's not this like unending stream of information. It's something that you can actually kind of be caught up on, and you just sort of know a little more about the people who you interact with, and it's it's it seems like a better pro uh, you know product to me than Facebook, which is just. There's so many people there and they're all sort of spitting things at you and you don't really have the chance to just only follow the activity of a couple people. Like if you're friends with them, you get you get it washed in you. Or it's like you can say, oh, I don't want to see posts from this person, but you have to do that on like an individual basis rather than being yeah. like, I'm going to assume I don't care what, anything about you <laughs> and then let me opt in and tell you which of these people in my network I actually want to ever hear anything from. You know, based on their status right. updates. Um, yeah, and then of course Instagram is really visual, right? You're not just reading about what somebody did. You're not just reading about them talking about their status updates or how they think about it. You instead just get a picture. And if you want to, you can engage and read all the stupid comments underneath, but you don't have to. And furthermore, critically, you are not notified. Like if you make a comment on an Instagram post. You were not notified anytime anyone else <laughs> also has a comment to make, which right. is crazy to me that Facebook still does that stuff sometimes. That's really that's an interesting way of thinking about it. So do you think Facebook's model is it that we are different consumers, or do you think that the Facebook model is uh outdated? It's it's hard to say. I think as we're getting a little older, we are becoming a little bit more precious with our time in a way that I think younger people are not, especially teenagers. Um, teenagers may have sort of that time and attention of letting everything fly by and actually sorting through it and wanting to have a grasp of everything that's going on. Um, that's become increasingly unimportant to me, especially amongst my family and social life. So, I, you know, my my usage habits have changed for sure. But, uh, you know, I think with the rise of Twitter and the rise of Instagram showing that you can really just cut out all the noise and, and really focus on the signal, I am wondering if Facebook should sort of change the way that it interacts to that model. Um, mm. But I think the, the economics of Facebook wouldn't allow it, right? Because one of the one of the big ways that they can actually get make their thing viable is that they have 
posts that are going, you know, sponsored posts that are going on into your feed. And in the middle of the everyone you know context, it's not so disruptive. But if you only were hearing things from five people and then every once in a while you got something from Johnson & Johnson, um, I think that's going to be more annoying and something that you're more likely to, to get pissy about. Yeah, I mean, I have two, I, I mean, I think that's really, that sparked an interesting thought in in my mind. Um, because if you and I are not using Facebook, or if we're using it only very minimally, maybe like today I got tagged in some photos from last <laughs> night and I wanted to see what the photos were. Um, so, you know, I got the notification and, um, but if you and I are consciously deciding not to spend much time on Facebook because of all the chatter and the fact that we probably have, I don't know, maybe between like 500 and a thousand friends at this point, and it's gotten totally unmanageable, then how can they monetize against this? Like, I think they can't. I think the solution is maybe there's not a one-size-fits-all Facebook. Um, Either it has to be very configurable and we could only stay maybe or we get a very curated experience Um, or maybe there's a different app and there's a different way to do Facebook that is more... Um, because if we're not spending any time on it, then we're not seeing any ads and they're not making any money. Well, arguably that's what Instagram is, right? Like that's why they bought them is because they realized that people were sharing and and interacting with this network way more, you know, the the growth was, was explosive and they knew that this was going to become a, a threatening force to their business. So rather than, rather than try to fight it and change their product, to match it, they said, all right, well, this actually still works for a good subset of people and a huge and, and a huge subset of people and a huge subset of the internet. Let's grab all the people that don't like this and have moved on to something more like that. And that's the way that Facebook uh, interacts with you. You know, that's the way that Facebook has, has still got me in their clutches is because there's this other service where they're not trying to sell me so hard. I think they've made some really smart acquisitions. Uh, you know, they also got WhatsApp. Now, I'm not sure what the monetization strategy is there, but they do own a messaging platform that is, you know, has how many billions of users in, uh, or I guess it's hundreds of millions of users in uh, in Europe. I mean, it's it's astronomical how many people are are using that as their primary text messaging. So, you know, from that perspective, I, I think they are looking for ways to diversify themselves and make sure that. You know, I think they know that they can't just make one Facebook. And I think their acquisitions are them realizing that and then going out there and making sure that they have hooks into people in other ways. I mean, I think that's the art. I mean, that's a good, that's a good argument. I don't know. I would like to just have like a Facebook's birthday um, (laughs) app, you know, and it would just, it would just let me do that, that one little job. Um, cause I feel bad, you know, like I missed someone's birthday yesterday and, um, you know, I've, you know, someone I care about and it would be nice, but I don't want to be log having to log onto Facebook all the time right? to, to find out about stuff like that. Um, I don't know. There's certain things, if they're major life events that 
I'm not really aware of because I'm not checking Facebook, then like that's a problem, you know? Um, and I've been able to sort of piggyback on my wife who's um, more connected. She, well, she actually is on Facebook. I don't know if it's one out of every six minutes that she spends online, but she's, no, I don't think so. She definitely is on Facebook quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I, I can almost, I don't know. I, I sort of, I could see something that it's like, just give me five minutes of your time. I'll let you know, like all the major things that happened with everyone in your network, even people, you know, maybe you weren't that close with, but maybe, you know, I just, I, I need, I need something. So I, I'm kind of seeing it like this, where it's like, did anybody have any kids? Yes or no. <laughs> if they did, what's the kid's name? Yeah. And yeah. was it a boy or a girl? Cool. When did that happen? Great. Two, did anyone get married that you know? Did anyone get married to somebody else that you know? Cool. Good to know, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like the big things. Yeah. Did anyone graduate from Just, a school? Did anyone get a new job? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, could, I could totally see like that being the way that they're like, Facebook has a, you know, if they had an email that was like, they sent you, you know, right now they're like, try to, they're trying to do this thing that Twitter does. They're like, Look, hey, here's your weekend report of Facebook. And I'm like, shut up, Facebook. I don't care. But if they like kept it to this person got married, this person had a birthday, this person had a kid, that would actually be like information that'd be like, oh, good to know. And I would actually read that email and engage with it. Um, engage with it. Jesus Christ. I would read that email. That is what it, yeah. it is. And I might even go back, check out Facebook to then go communicate with them theoretically. That, yeah. And what if you could do that very simply or maybe within a different interface? Um, I don't know. Cause that would be useful. I mean, that's the job of Facebook. I mean, to me, that's the job of Facebook is just those big things I want to know. Right. And there's, but there's so much other stuff you have to wade through to get to that. And I agree with you that it might sort of be against their business model, sort of to not to have way less content. So there's less space to serve ads against, but no, maybe they don't care. I mean, maybe it's not worth it to cater to those people um, because maybe everybody would want that sort of experience. I don't know. See, that that's what I think would happen. I think I think right now they're finding that they can still get away with this, but that, so for example, like the paper interface, right, is really streamlined and it's way more... Should I be using that? If, if you actually use Facebook on your phone, Facebook, I think you should. Facebook paper? Yeah, paper. I think it's just called, it's just what? called paper, which drives people crazy but you know what is it i mean i knew i knew that something happened but i i just i feel like i just toned out that whole i you know i wanted to download it because i heard there was some great ui element stuff playing there but i never did um from from my perspective it's just a much simpler interface and it's it's kind of a more instagram like or feed like experience without all the crazy stuff in the way and tons of ads coming in from the sides and a bunch of other bullshit is this is this the Facebook that I'm asking for? And well, but I, I don't think it's so curated, it? right? Like, I still think you're going to get an update from your friend being like, being like, pick my nose hairs today. It was gross. Ha 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 ha. You know, I, I think you're still going to get stuff that you don't care about. I think you're still going to. I don't think they're they are filtering out people that you that you don't explicitly tell them that you're not interested in hearing from. Um, 
I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't think so. I, I, I think I think it's more just about taking that information and making it more beautiful, um, which is a huge start to making it more appealing, right? But it's not all the way there. It's not at the point where that what excuse me the point of what we are talking about, which is actually just giving me the stuff that are relevant that are relevant for us to know about people that we're maybe not that closely in touch with. Like, I want to know if you're moving. I want to know if you're married. I want to know if you have a kid. Maybe it's um, geo aware. Like if, if someone is in Portland and you didn't know about it, maybe, maybe it would say, maybe it would let you know. You, I think what we're asking for um, is some sort of higher level of contextual understanding and relevance of we only want to see the most relevant things, right? Important life events. Um, maybe your friend that you haven't seen in a million years is is going to be, you know, in your neighborhood or something random like that. Um, that would be useful. I think you're right. That's what I want to. Because Twitter, I mean, and I love Twitter, but not everybody's on Twitter. Yeah. And Twitter is not, I, I don't think Twitter is the place for like life events on the whole. No. Um, LinkedIn, you find out about job stuff. Someone has a new job. But man, talk about a signal um, to noise ratio. I mean, that, that, you know what I mean? It's, it's on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost, uh, you almost actually have real information buried because they just barrage you with so much other crap. Um, they got a new position, but really they actually just fixed the typo. You know, you know what I mean? Oh. Like there's, Oh, that's, that's interesting. Or it's like, you know, they just technically changed the name of what it was, but it's not actually a different job. I feel like LinkedIn, um, in a lot of ways, they want to become Facebook. Like they want to up the time that people are spending on it and they want it to be more relevant to people every day. Yeah. Not like if they're looking for jobs. So they're trying to have content. They're trying to find, have ways that you can find out about things. And they want you to live your life on LinkedIn, which is, I think it's, it's tough. I think that, I think it's a reactive thing for them. Like, I think they are seeing the success of Facebook and saying me too, rather than being like, we can't catch that. So let's do something really different. Let's be something else. I think they could be a, if they really just focused on the career stuff exclusively, they might have a great method for what is occasionally one of the most important things in your life. Uh, getting you like a new livelihood or getting connected to people uh, when you're about to start yeah. a job in a place. You know, it could be all sort of way more focused around uh, communication between people at the same job. You know what I mean? There could be more about like oh. creating intranets for, you know what I mean? Like they could get into this whole oh. enterprise workspace, right? Oh, There's a whole bunch of like cool things yeah. they could focus on and be like, okay, we're the Facebook though for work. Like for, you know, you, you've entered. This is the, mm, yeah, this is a chat, not like a chat room for people in your job or maybe people on your work team. And we're making these tools that let you communicate at work and they let you plug in. Um, I like this a lot. Or even theoretically, if it's like this, like the crazy social, like let's say they still want to do the social thing, right? And keep it in the social realm. It could be the social realm for small teams. And then that stuff never gets shared. You know, they could focus on 
you know, you sharing like photos of what happened at your company outing and like posting cool stuff for there, you know, it could still be like that social bent if they wanted, but within teams, within organizations, and then on a personal level, it could be really good about trying to get you connections for new jobs and get you, um, maybe, you know, there'd be other ways to actually make it so it'd be easy for you to sort of see where positions are open, you go almost getting into, yeah. you know, maybe it's more about classifieds Ooh. and other things like that. They move into that realm rather than messengers and picking up new, you know, they picked up this news company called Pulse, which is an RSS reader. They integrated that. It's just like, what are you guys doing? Like they're, they're, they're trying to sort of handle all this crazy stuff where Facebook is and it, it's not going to work. So instead, if they just actually focused on livelihoods, business, and that kind of thing, you know, maybe they could really they could really do something interesting that would become more, maybe used used less, but stronger engagement and more relevant engagement in people's lives. Yeah, I like this a lot. Even even like this is something so simple. Just having a chat with people at work like having an online chat with people. Um, I think it was called at one of my uh, former jobs, there was something called, uh, I think it was called co-op. That was the name of the app. Mm -hmm. It's a web app. And yeah, you could, you could chat with people and it wouldn't push immediately, but you could all have a web window open and you could see, you know, you all have different accounts. You could see who's typing. You could communicate that way. You know, it was kind of slow. Yeah. Harvest makes it. Oh, interesting. Um, it wasn't so fast. Maybe it was like 30 seconds or a minute lag time. It might have been... Oh, that's kind of laggy. It might have been faster. It wasn't instant. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't rich. It was really only text. And you could do... It was, it was not very rich. Um, so I was actually looking at Salesforce. And one of the things that I was looking for my company was looking at their chat feature, which I forget what they call it. And that was so laggy that it was unusable the way that we were using co-op. Um, it would take minutes for anything to push um, wow. for you to see a message that someone else sent you. And I was on the phone with them. I was on the phone with their tech people. And they're like, well, on our network, meaning like internally, for us, it's it's instantaneous. I was like, well, that's great. I've tested it out here, and it's not instantaneous. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting sort of work problems um, about information sharing. Um, and at jobs, there are hacks to try to get things like that to work. People send each other text messages, or yep. they send emails to the whole company, or, I mean, you know, not... You know, or to their team, or they're doing, they're using like Gmail, like Google Chat, and and typing and chatting with each other. But there's not a good versatile interface. And everyone's trying to roll their own. I mean, that's the worst yeah. thing is that everyone's trying to roll their own intranets, or they're using SharePoint, and it's the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's like companies like Igloo apparently are 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 you know their mark their 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 whole marketing campaign is an intranet that doesn't suck. I mean, that's actually what they say. <laughs> Right, it's so prevalent that these things are are just terrible, and and it's it's really bad because people don't actually use the software when it's bad, when it's slow, when it's unusual, uh, unusable, when it is um, infinitely 
easier to communicate by just text messaging, that's what they're going to use. And in the case of an iMessage, well, sure, what the heck, why not? Um, you know, it's pretty secure, it's encrypted. But in the case of actual just regular SMS text messages through your carrier, it's not encrypted end-to-end. Like, it's a terrible idea. And, you know, people are sharing files with WeTransfer, and it's like, ah, uh, they, they're not, they're not oh. promising that these are totally un, you know, encrypted end-to-end things. Like, there's tons of stuff like that. Dropbox, too. Like, yeah, Dropbox is pretty good. They're pretty good about not getting hacked, but they're not, uh, there's, they're not totally you know, safe at all points. And it's just amazing because people are, are defaulting to consumer solutions because enterprise ones don't exist that are efficient enough to actually get the job done. You know, the company can, can prescribe something like SharePoint or uh, you know, their own you know, Citrix-based you know, horrible thing that they want to get people to go into. But if it's so slow that they can't download a file, they're just going to WeTransfer things to each other. Like there's no... Like, eventually people just actually yeah. want to get the work done. Uh, so whether or not whether LinkedIn should actually be doing this, I don't know. Probably not. It's probably not their expertise. But Probably not. But man, like... But someone... Im- imagine that that's the sort of the route that LinkedIn took was like a place to communicate with people in teams. And then also, you know, once you leave that team, you can you can connect with other people and find job openings and all that kind of stuff. They would actually be have a different function than Facebook. Like they would actually have their own thing. Whereas right now it's just like Facebook for business. And all Facebook needs to do is create, you know, a page that's all about job listings and actually make that a priority and they would sync LinkedIn almost immediately. I like this. I think this is a fun I think this is a fun idea. It's got some venture funding. <laughs> 